What's up, friends? Welcome to Such a Time as This. Every other week, we share an honest, insightful conversation to empower you to step into God's calling in your life. I'm your host, Katherine Henry. Now let's get to today's show. Hey, friends. Welcome back to Such a Time as This. I'm super pumped about this week's episode because we're going to talk about something that has really been on my heart lately in the hearts of many students and young adults I know, which is mental health. So welcome, Colette and Amber. Hi, thanks for having us. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So we're going to go through, I've never had two guests, so this is going to be super interesting. We're going to start with, let's start with Colette. Colette, can you tell our listeners who you are in the season of life you're in right now? Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) Well, I'm Colette Nelson. I am the care director at Hope uh, in West Des Moines. Season of life that I'm in right now is uh, we're official empty nesters. All I've I've done everything I could to raise my kids <laughs> and have released them to the world. Um, and so that's a new season for me. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just doing care at home. Right on. How about you, Amber? Yeah, I would say, um, so yeah, I'm Amber Desmute. Um, I'm a student ministry care coordinator at Hope West Des Moines in the season of life I'm in right now. So I'm a mom of an eight-year-old boy. Um, and I'm a wife and the season of life I've been because of this crazy pandemic and the world. Um, I'm also, when I say I am, um, a wife and a mother, um, with everything going on in the world, I am the wife to a black man and the mother to a biracial child. So there's a lot going on in this season right now for me. Um, but I would say right now, after just having a conversation with my husband too, things that like we're constantly growing and things that have worked for me in previous years are no longer like things I can use and I have to figure out new things um, and figure out how to continue to keep growing or things that have served me in the past and helped for me um, are maybe not working now. So I would say that goes along with mental health too. Like Mm -hmm. Um, there's new things that I have to learn because we're in a pandemic um, on how to uh, keep myself mentally um, in a good spot. So mm-hmm. I would say I, I'm, I'm growing, um, and just trying to figure out what, what is working for me now, um, and what I need to figure out is going to work for me in the future or that doesn't serve me anymore. Yeah. So the question I ask all my guests is when is a time you stepped into God's calling on your life? So let's start with Colette again. Hmm. Um, well, I would say uh, what I'm doing now is not what I uh, thought I would be doing. I went back to school uh, when I had my two kids, so I was in my 30s, and I went back to school to be a therapist, so I have a degree in psych um, from Grandview University, and in the midst of that process of getting my degree, uh, both my parents died within a year of each other. And so I went into what most people would call a dark night of the soul, where for a couple of years I wrestled with a lot of things, including anxiety and, and agoraphobia and panic attacks and depression, all that good stuff. Um, and it was actually during that season that I stepped into the call that I'm in today in regard to just asking God, like, what are you doing with this season in my life? And what am I supposed to do going forward? And I specifically felt that I uh, was called to be part of the church and part of, part of um, caring for people in difficult times. And so I kind of 
reached out to Hope and say, hey, I think this is kind of where I'm supposed to be. And so that was like 13 years ago. Yeah. So that's incredible. I love that you didn't wait for them to come to you. You knew what was on your heart. You know what God gave you. And you were like, this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leap oh. of faith. Yeah, totally. I love that. Thanks for sharing. Amber, how about you? When was a time I stepped into God's calling? I would say, um, I kind of will just tell my hope story too. So I went to school and got a degree in um, healthcare administration or healthcare management. And my passion is to always help people, but because of an immune disorder that I have um, and originally went to school for nursing, God was like, yeah, that's not going to work out for you. So I thought, oh, I can still make a difference from a desk. I can, I can run a hospital. I can do whatever. And I moved down here to Des Moines started working at um, an insurance company, which obviously I have no degree in, so why I do not know it's where God led me. And I met this girl who I became really good friends with, and she um, went on a really dark path, started to struggle um, with drugs and heroin. Um, and I was like, going to hope, but you know, I had just moved down here, so I didn't know a ton about it, but I had heard about Celebrate Recovery. And I was like, I should see if she like wants to go. Like I will go with her. So I told her all about it. And she was like down. Like she was like, okay, I'll go. She lost her job the day that I invited her, which was on a Thursday. And I'm like, there's no way she's going to go. And I was like, you're going like <laughs> super codependent. Me was like, you're going. <laughs> so I, um, walked with her for several months, probably like nine months. She got a sponsor. Um, and then I talked with Melissa Dale and she's like, oh, I, I love you. Like, let's, what, what do you, what do you like to do? And I was like, well, I used to work at a youth shelter and I worked with kids my whole life. And she's like, you need to be downstairs. So I started um, volunteering at the landing while I was working at this insurance company. And every single day I was at work, I would have my earbuds in and I'd be listening to motivational speeches or whatever. And then I figured out like, oh, I could listen to Hope's previous messages. Mm -hmm. And so I listened to every single message from like every single person because I'm at work for eight hours and just really like kind of, I don't know, like felt really inspired and felt like I was in a really good place in my life. And so I started volunteering at the landing and Molly Halferty, which was the person that was running at the time was like, I was like, I love like what you do. This would be cool if I could like have a job here. And she's like, you should stick around. And so I'm like, Is she for real? So then when she told me about it and was like, yeah, I'm going back to school. Um, is this is something you'd be interested in doing. I was like, there's no way this is like going to work out. Like I have a kid. I didn't know if it was full time. Like I had no idea. And seriously, every question that I had about how it was going to work out, God aligned it. Like I was like, Oh my gosh, my kid's going to be a burden. Like I have to, I have to be there on Thursday nights. How's this going to work? And like, no, your kid's a blessing and can be in programming here and should be and all of the things. So, um, yeah, I would say like, like that's my hope story. And I, that's when I really stepped into, I think what my calling for my life was because I feel like as a young adult, like I lived a very crazy, sinful life and had no idea. Like I prayed to God, but I had no idea who Jesus really was. And when I moved down here and started, uh, I feel like being obedient to God and doing what he asked me to do, I started to hear him more and develop more of a relationship um, to where like, I have such a dependency on him now. I don't know what, what I would do. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's a time I stepped into, I guess my calling. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so inspiring for young adults, especially who are still kind of unsure about the whole God thing. And I don't know if it's too late for me. And you as a young adult decided that that was what was for you and you stepped in that call. So it's really not too late ever. I love that. It isn't. And I think it brings up different like seasons too. Like I may feel called somewhere different or Colette may, you know, feel like she's called to be somewhere different at some point in time. But, um, this is where God's, God's placed us now. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's flip gears to talk more about mental health. So I'm going to start with Colette. I didn't give them these questions ahead of time, so I'm really (laughs) putting them on the spot. So Colette, many people are in physical pain right now because of COVID and other illnesses, but a lot of people are also in emotional pain. So what are you seeing in our congregation right now? Oh, goodness. Yeah, that's a re- it's a really good topic. Mental health is a um, passion of mine uh, in general. And then during the pandemic, it it just really has brought about awareness for how isolated people are, um, depression, anxiety for people who have never experienced it before, all of a sudden experiencing it. And for those of us who come from that in our background, it's it's gotten worse. And like Amber said, you kind of have to figure out new tools or remind yourself of your old tools in regard to how to function in that space. Um, But it's also really tricky because people are also Zoomed out as far as like offering support via Zoom. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people have had enough of that and they just are really dying for the personal connection. So we just are trying to figure out like how to meet those needs in the best way possible. But we're definitely making a lot of counseling referrals right now and giving people... um, as many tools as possible Um, because this is also a situation where um, there's so much unknown and so most of us can get through any season of life knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel Um, but I think for some people this feels a little hopeless and so um, so yeah we just have to interject a lot of hope and (laughs) a lot of normalcy around what they're experiencing because the other thing about it is what people don't recognize is a huge part of what we've felt in the last six to nine months is grief. Mm. So you don't need to have someone die in order to feel grief. And so think about how many things we've had to adjust, change, let go of, say goodbye to, you know, from work relationships to jobs to who knows what there have been so many things. So there's just this air of heaviness for people. Um, that a lot of people don't know how to name yet. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's grief. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So follow up question, what does God think about our mental health? And some people may be led to believe that being anxious, being depressed, um, having suicidal ideations, that that's a sin. What do you think about that? So God created us beautifully and wonderfully and uniquely made mind, body, and soul, right? And so it's so interconnected, all of it is. And so taking good care of yourself is uh, a good thing in all of those areas. God loves us right where we're at, meets us right where we're at, uh, doesn't judge us for what we're feeling. Um, I mean, think about the Bible itself, how many times that the Bible talks about being anxious. And those are some of the best tools that you can use. Like when I'm in the midst of my own anxiety to remind myself in the Bible, it reminds us not to be anxious for anything because God's got it. And so God is already addressing it for us. 
in the Bible. Um, and so uh, I think to just remember that um, God knows how you feel um, and God enters into it with you and surprisingly gives us a lot of the tools we already need in the word that he has written. Mm, that's so good. Thank you so much. So Amber, what are you seeing students struggling with right now? This is funny because I feel like whatever advice I'm going to like give you or say, I'm like preaching to myself right now. Because yep. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. Um, so for students, a lot of them are like going to school online. So they're missing that personal connection as well. Um, so it's like feelings are coming up that they are were easily able to distract themselves before through show choir and volleyball and basketball and football. And I'm going to binge this Netflix thing and whatever. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of like, oh, this, these feelings are coming up and I don't know why. And it's like, okay, maybe it's time for us to ask God why you're feeling this way or why you're experiencing this and what he's asking you um, to address during this time. So I would say a lot of feelings of, um, yeah, being anxious, uh, loneliness, depression, missing um, human contact. Like uh, I run the landing on Thursday night, which is a, a program for kids that are struggling, specifically our teens. And the one thing that I made sure I did every single week was hug them, every single one of them, because human touch is such a big thing, especially um, as your brain is developing and things like that. And kids, whether you want to refer to yourself as a kid or not, you need um, that human touch. And so I think they're missing a lot of that, which is, which is healing. Um, and so that's hard for them. Uh, yeah, I would say those are the things that I'm, that I'm currently seeing right now. Yeah. So what do you think keeps students and even young adults and adults from seeking that help and support? Um, I think pain is real. Emotional pain is real. And we have done everything during this time uh, to keep ourselves from dealing with it. And now it's like full frontal, like you have no choice but to deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of people don't want to go there. They don't want to deal with that pain because when they talk about it and they, they get down to the bare bones of it, it's like this, this really happened or this is real and I have to deal with it and I have to address it. And it's easier for me to just not because I've, I've done it for so long and God's like using this pandemic to be like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not what I want for you. I want you to heal and I want to be a part of that. And so, um, he has stripped us away from all of our distractions, whether that's sports, school, um, friends, family, whatever that may be, everything we, we fill our lives with to be super busy. God has been like, yeah, no, that's, that's not going to happen right now. Here's your season. Um, to deal with these things because I love you and I care about you. And it's also a lot of times when we don't deal with those things, um, it distracts us from being who God has created us to be. It distracts mm -hmm. us maybe even from our calling. If I never dealt with my depression, my anxiety and, and the things I've dealt with, how could I be, how could I be the minister, the ministry leader that I am today um, to help the kids that I hope? So, Yeah. Very wise. So we, I've talked about on the podcast before, I struggle with anxiety and I know both of you have touched on your previous um, and current even struggles with mental health. So what are some of your favorite ways um, to take care of yourself? And this is for both of you. Okay. Um, for me, I actually, there's a lot of things um, and they're, most of them are really simple, but it, it, it really comes down to rewiring the way you think and reframing the thoughts that come into your head, um, capturing them and recognizing that um, 
those are thoughts you can choose to entertain and hang on to, or you can deflect them. And so um, even simple things like writing um, a thankfulness journal uh, helps you spin into a positive direction rather than negative. Um, there are a lot of really great apps out there. There's a Calm app. There's a Centering Prayer app. There's a Headspace app. All of those are really great to just kind of center you and ground you. I think um, obviously scripture and the Bible and prayer. Um, one of the biggest things you can do as far as anxiety goes is the deep belly breaths. Um, and that seems really silly, but at the same time, it literally triggers your, your mind to, to say, oh, you're okay, you're calm. So if you do a deep belly breath and then breath out, and then I take that even a step further in regards to like, I say specific things when I do that. So I might say, I breathe the Holy Spirit in and I breathe out my anxiety or I breathe in, you know, thankfulness and I breathe out, you know, praise or whatever. Um, but I kind of name those things so that I'm incorporating God into it at the same time that I'm doing some really practical things with my breathing. Mm -hmm. How about you, Amber? I love that because I think the biggest reminder that I here in therapy is to hold every thought captive. And so that's exactly what Cola is talking about. Like that's scripture. Um, but my therapist reminds me of that a lot because I struggle a lot with intrusive thoughts, which are thoughts that come, um, which I'm actually learning through a book that I'm reading that all women experience this, just they're all different thoughts, um, mm -hmm. but they're unwanted thoughts that we have. And so for me, uh, one thing I recently learned too is like self-care is not what a lot of people think it is. It's not like, I'm going to watch this Netflix thing or whatever. Self-care is actually work. Like if you think about it, going to therapy is work and journaling is work and um, yoga is work and exercise is work. All of those things are work. Um, taking a shower is work. Like all of those things uh, that we require to take care of ourselves are work. And so if, if it's not that, then I would challenge you. Are you really, um, are you just, uh, deflecting and not wanting to deal with things by binging from Netflix or listening to comedy or whatever it may be? Uh, and, and challenge yourself to really actually, um, do the hard work. It's not easy. And sometimes it's not fun, but it's super rewarding. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I would say the things that I've used, uh, so Colette talked about the deep breathing. So when I was an outpatient, I was forced to do two other things a week. And one of the things I did was yoga. And I always thought yoga was like a joke until I started doing it. And it literally changed my life, like for my anxiety. If you struggle with anxiety and feeling like you can't breathe, like it, it has changed my life. Like if I'm struggling or I'm having a bad day, especially during these winter months, when it starts to get more tricky for me, I know that I have to be intentional and like doing yoga, physical exercise, especially if some of the, the feelings that I'm experiencing, um, like Colette talked about grief, one of the things uh, with grief is anger. And so you have to be able to get out that physical anger. So sometimes exercising, kickboxing, whatever that may be, uh, hiding myself in scripture. And then we have this really fun, um, if, if, in part of our Darcy teaches our one-to-one -one, and I've borrowed that from her and have it on a landing card, but it reminds you who you are in Christ. And so I found myself going over it this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, it, it talks about that you are significant and gets all the scriptures for being significant and that you're secure. And it talks about all the scriptures that remind you of that. And their I am affirmations, um, which I find super helpful. There's also like an audio, um, 
of I am affirmations that I've used when I go to sleep that are on YouTube, but I make sure that they are related to the Bible and not other, mm -hmm. other things um, that you can kind of dive into. So I would say those are really helpful for me, obviously, uh, therapy. Yeah. And um, depending on what season you are like, uh, you may need to explore inpatient. You may need to explore outpatient. Outpatient, um, I think I learned more in that eight weeks than I've learned in my whole entire life about myself and about um, coping skills and, and how to deal with things. So I was just going to say, too, that just what we're doing here is a huge uh, thing to help your anxiety. So there's something to be said about bringing our stuff into the into the light, right? Um, the enemy would love for us to sit in our houses isolated, feeling like nobody understands how we feel. Um, and so I know that my anxiety is better when the people around me know that I struggle with it. And so then it becomes like not this big scary thing that I'm trying to hide from everybody. It just becomes like part of who I am and then I can lean to them to kind of help me when I need that. Mm -hmm. So before we get to our rapid fire questions, lastly, I just want to kind of like give you guys the preaching mic for a second. And what encouragements do you have for college students and just young adults? Colette, you can go first. <laughs> awesome. It's been, I have more distance from that. It's been a while since I've been a college student. Um, however, I have some um, <laughs> in my life. I would just say, um, oh, there's so many things. Cut yourself some slack. Um, offer yourself the grace that God offers. Um, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all figured out. I mean, you heard our stories at the beginning in regard to how God called us to where he's called us. And so I find that so many young people today think they have to have their future mapped out. And, and there's so much anxiety and pressure around, like, I have to know what I'm going to do. And so I would just say, like, I'm 53 years old, <laughs> and I am still walking out God's plan for my life. And so, you know, I didn't, I didn't even get into ministry in my sweet spot until I was, you know, in my 40s or whatever. And so you don't have to have it figured out. Um, learn to love yourself the way God loves you. Um, surround yourself with people as best you can. And um, ask for support. And I know that's a hard thing. That's probably the biggest uh, thing that uh, gets in people's ways. They're like, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ask somebody for help or whatever, but um, it's one of the biggest steps. Again, if we want to shed light on what we're dealing with um, and not keep it in the dark, the more you can share it, the better. And so that's what conversations like this are so, so important. So keep being you. And keep being the amazing person that God created you to be and give yourself grace for not being perfect. Mm, that'll preach. <laughs> He's preaching to me right now. <laughs> I would say acknowledge it. Um, you have to acknowledge that you are struggling in order to um, get anywhere. So in, uh, in recovery, the first thing that we have to do is we have to acknowledge that we're struggling. Um, and maybe that we've tried to do this on our own because a lot of the times we, we have tried to do these things on our own and we fail um, because we, we want to be in control and we're actually not in control. God is. So um, I would say acknowledging um, that you're struggling or that you have a problem with whatever you have a problem with. I would say too, 
like Colette has said, the enemy wants you to stay in the dark. Um, there's such this, this thing called the stigma about mental health. And the reason it's such a stigma is because people don't want to talk about it. Like if you knew the thoughts that people, regular quote unquote people think every day and you struggle <laughs> with anxiety or depression, you'd be like, oh, I guess I'm not so weird or I'm not, I'm not so out there. Um, everyone has stuff that they're, that they're dealing with. Um, so I would say um, to talk about it because like Colette said, if, if you don't bring it to light, um, you're not going to heal from it. Uh, the enemy wants you to stay in the dark and wrestle with those thoughts on your own. I would say find um, godly people who are going to speak his truth and his life into you. Because if you don't and you find people that are going to continue to speak negative things to you, um, that just feeds uh, the enemy and the, and the things that are, that are coming in um, that way. I would also say um, being in college is really, really hard and especially during a pandemic. So get out and be around people um, as much as you can uh, safely uh, being inside and um, not getting exercise and not being out um, can trigger that even more or make things worse for you. I just want to remind you that you are important. Even if you don't think that you are, that you matter in the world um, that you make a difference, whether you see that or not, that your life matters. Uh, when you think about your birthday and I, the one thing I like to tell people to do is to reflect on all the lives that they've impacted just by being born. Like this day is about you and you were born on this day and you've already Im impacted so many people's lives, whether that's your parents or your siblings or your friends or your, your coworkers or your teachers, or your teammates, um, just by breathing, you've impacted someone. So know that your life does matter and that if you need help, you know, reach out. Um, you you're not going to get better. Like if you had a broken arm, your, your broken arm is not going to get fixed. If you, if you don't seek help, if you don't get treatment for it. And I would say in your hardest times when you feel like you have no hope, I read the book of Psalms and it spoke directly to me because it would cry with me and lament with me, but also give me hope. Um, so that's, sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> this is great. I always read Job because it helped me know that somebody was worse off than I was and actually <laughs> survived it. And God actually made something really amazing happen at the end. So it was, that was good too. Yeah, we just finished a Cairo series about Jonah. And so keep in mm. mind, you haven't been swallowed by a big fish. So you're doing relatively well. <laughs> so we're going to do rapid fire questions just to end on a really positive note and get to know you guys a little bit more. And I'll try to be quiet as we go through these. So we'll start with Cola and then do Amber for each of them. So first, what is the last book you read? I read so much. I can't keep track. Um, we, we are, uh, we are right now, I'm reading, I'm reading the, um, the one that we're doing as a, as a church right now. Everybody, Everybody always. I'm also reading the Be the Bridge book because I'm taking that class as well. And then just for fun, I, as if I don't get enough of it during the day, I read mainly books about people's uh, real life mental health issues. And so right now I am reading a book written by the gal who, um, the subject of Brain on Fire. Uh, I don't know if you'd heard that, uh, but she basically was a normal person and then um, had basically what they thought was psychosis and schizophrenia and it ends up being it was just an autoimmune disease that they were able to treat and then she was fine. And the book that I'm reading right now just talks about the history of mental health. It, and uh, that's what I'm reading right now. So Cool. Amber? Yeah. So uh, Colette and I and our team are doing a study together for everybody always. So I'm reading that. Colette and I are also in Be the Bridge 201 together. So I'm reading that. Um, 
And then um, my husband and I are doing a study. So we've been uh, together 11 years and it's crazy because I wish someone would have given me this book at the first year of my marriage, but um, he's reading, it's called for men only and I'm reading for women only. And so it is just like super fascinating. um, All the things that I'm learning about men and the way their brain is wired and, and it's from a Christian perspective, uh, not just perspective, but it's written by Christian authors, mind you. So um, yeah, if you are, you know, in a relationship or engaged and you're in your college years, I would recommend for men only and for women only for you because they are great and super helpful. And I wish I had them a really long time ago. Awesome. The next question is what is your Enneagram number? Oh, yikes. Um, so I know it's probably not a thing to be two different numbers. I'm primarily a nine. I'm primarily about keeping the peace. Um, I Two is a close second, but nine is probably more predominant even than two. Amber? I am a one, the perfectionist preaching to me earlier. Not, it's okay not to be perfect. So, mm-hmm. um, And then my wing is a two, which is the helper, which is, I think, everyone on our care team is some with that. Yep. <laughs> so what is your favorite movie? Oh my gosh, this, all this stuff is going to say a lot about me because (laughs) my favorite all-time movie is an oldie, but a goodie, and it got me on the path, uh, um, Jack Nicholson, One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest, it's about a mental hospital. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, do you sense a theme? (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) All-time favorite. Yep. Um, it's hard for me right now to say like what my favorite movie is because like I've already dived into the Christmas uh, part portion of me. I've already been watching Christmas movies because um, myself I'm just struggling with a little bit of uh, depression right now with being indoors and things like that. So Christmas always brings so much joy to me. So I would say my favorite Christmas movie that I've been watching is called This Christmas. Um, but my all-time probably favorite movie is uh, probably like the pursuit of happiness or something, something with Will Smith. I'm a huge Will Smith fan. He's just a phenomenal, um, actor. So probably something. Cool. Who or what inspires you, Colette? Uh, Survivors. Um, people that are up against it that are surviving. So each one of us in our season, um, you both inspire me or anyone else who's up against it, whether it's grief or addiction or mental health or terminal illness or whatever. I am so inspired by people that are presented with something that you wouldn't think that they could get through and they, they do it. Um, and most often they find God in the midst of that. So that inspires me. Mm, Me too. How about you, Amber? I would say the same thing. Like that's definitely it. Um, yeah, hearing hearing how people have got through it and made it to the other side, I think it gives every single one of us hope um, hearing people's testimonies. And I would say too, like what inspires me is, uh, so before I started working um, at Hope, I had a cubicle and there were, they used to call me post-it girl because I had post-it notes everywhere of just inspirational quotes that I had heard um, that spoke to me. And I felt like if they were in me, then they'd come out of me and I would feel um, more joyful and just more, um, inspired and hopefully inspire others. So I would say like quotes, um, scripture, stuff like that. She, she are- is still a post-it girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes with right dad now. jokes though. <laughs> yeah, so- 
Yep. So what is something most people don't know about you, Colette? Oh, yikes. Oh, let's see. What most people don't know about me. I feel like this is just really generic. I'm a vegetarian, <laughs> but I can't, I can't think of, I, here's the thing about me is if you know me, I'm a pretty open book mm. um, because my story is God's story. And so there are very few secrets that I keep in regards to like people that know me know pretty much everything about me. So then it's something silly like, yep, I don't eat meat. That's, <laughs> that's the extent of it. <laughs> No, that's fun. I love the silly answers. How about you, Amber? Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I'm a pretty open book too, but one thing that I just really enjoy is like sea animals and just things of the ocean. I think it's so fascinating. So my son and I watched this thing called Chasing Monsters and it was all these different like monsters of the sea and the oceans. And that stuff just like fascinates me. I think it's amazing that there's like 1200 pound fish in the ocean <laughs> and people are catching them and it's like real life stuff. So um, I, yeah, I would say like if I were to live in a different life or maybe not even a different life, but a different state, I would be like one of those people as a side job. I would be like, yes, I will take you out to go see whales and dolphins. Get on my boat and let's do this. Like that would <laughs> probably be me just because I think that is fascinating and fun. And there's something mysterious about the creatures that God makes. And it's just amazing. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I love that. So as we close and we have young adults listening, college students listening, and they could really use some support right now or just want to connect with either one of you, where can people find you? So both of us, um, you can find through uh, care at hopewdm.org. You can also find us by our first and last name. Uh, so colette.nelson and amber.dismute um, at hopewdm.org. Um, you can uh, call the main office, 515-222-1520, uh, and ask for either one of us, and they'll get you connected that way as well. Um, there's also information about the group that Amber leads for teens out there on our website. So you can find her contact information and the group information there as well. Anything else you can think of Amber that I just, missed? Um, our Instagram for the landing is the dot landing I think, um, would be, yeah, a good, a good resource. Well, thank you ladies so much for coming on. I learned so much and I'm sure the listeners did too. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. Us. Yeah, it's an honor. We appreciate it.